0: Hello, and welcome to Exploring with Bro's Japan series. My name is Luke, and in this podcast series, I hope to inspire you to go to Japan. A quick introduction about myself. As I mentioned, my name is Luke. Um, I went to Japan in 2020. I managed to travel to Osaka, Kyoto. Hiroshima, Tokyo, Sendai, and Kyore. All of these places were amazing to me, and had their own unique charm and unique vibe. And despite the fact it's almost been a year to the day that I flew out, I thought I'd make a podcast to keep myself occupied and to hopefully inspire you into booking your own Japan trip. Now, I would actually say usually, cue the intro. However, I don't actually have an intro because this is such a new podcast. So please bear with me as we explore Japan and be kind, as this is one of my first podcasts. So, in 2020, I decided to fly to Japan. It's March the 1st, 2020. My My life changed for the better. I went through a bad breakup um, around about two years prior. And I needed a distraction. I needed a new focus in my life. And having traveled to many countries before, I decided that why not visit somewhere which is completely alien, completely new to me, and completely new to most people, and that was Japan. Japan gave me so many memories, so much experience, so much knowledge, and ultimately understanding of a a place that was so different to English life and Western life as we as we know it, so there I was. I was about to board the flight, nervous, panicking. But there's a sense of excitement inside me and that promise of an adventure of a new experience that we all feel before going to a new place was was in my blood and I could not wait to go and explore this amazing land. So that's what I did. 14 hours flying and I eventually got there. I landed in Kansai airport, updated my friends, and spent around about one hour trying to find out how I get to my hotel in Osaka. Now, this is the first thing I'd like to add for a little tip. Plan out your trip well in advance. One thing I learned about Japan was that a lot of things are in English. There's a lot of signs in English on the Shinkansen, so the budget train. There are English announcements as well. So you can navigate to a certain sense, around, around the place, obviously depending where you are. However, prior to getting to my hotel, I was stuck at this train station, as I, as I mentioned. It was the first stop off from Kansai Airport, which is in Osaka. I was quite jet-lagged and quite confused. However, a train worker came, came out of nowhere and asked if I was okay just like that I knew this was going to be a great trip the kindness the warmth the the amazing gratitude that Japanese people have towards everything was inspirational for me the lady spent 40 minutes directing me to my hotel she just stopped working just to help me. She showed me a map, she explained things to me, she pointed locations out and explained how I'd get there or how I'd get there. And there I did. Jumped back on that train and headed to Osaka. I remember going... There's a, there's a bridge which basically leaves the airport at one point and... You head over the water, so it's like an island, and then you basically head over the water on the train, and I remember it's blue skies, it was in spring. I could see the sun glistening on the ocean. And my head was full of new sounds, new smells, new sights. I could hear people speaking a different language. I could see funny shapes and characters for language that which i now know is hiragana katakana and kanji but i didn't understand practically any of it at the time so where i was in Osaka, finally i had i had wi-fi i had my google maps which helped me and i finally got to my hotel That was around 4 pm. All I did is I sat down, had a bath, then passed out and went to bed. Fortunately for me, I woke up the next day. Now, there are so many things you can do in Japan. That's the beauty of it. There's temples, shrines, nature, bustling. Districts full of neon lights and street food and sounds and anything you can conjure up in your mind. There's such a range of things to, to explore, to see, to smell, to feel. And I realised that my first night in, in Osaka. As I mentioned, I will be giving tips, tricks and information for your for your Japan trip, but I would like to, as I mentioned, set up a quick introduction to, to a few of my experiences within, within Japan. So there I was in Osaka the next day. I visited a business temple. I didn't really understand what I was doing, but I remember walking around the grounds and seeing little terrapins or little turtles inside. Inside the small rivers they have through this temple, I remember the suspicion that the security guard probably probably had of me because I was probably acting quite strange, walking around, looking at things, and kind of touching things. I probably looked a bit strange to some people, but to me, there was that childish excitement, that that drive to to just bring in everything I possibly could, everything, adventure, sense, travel. I wanted to absorb everything that I could possibly absorb within my experience. So later on that day, I went to try takoyaki. Now, I heard many things about takoyaki. And this will be your first tip about the food in Japan. In the evening, I went to Dantanbori. Now, Dantanbori, if you'd like to just close your eyes and imagine. Neon lights everywhere. Things lighting up. Things going dark. Sights, sounds, bustling life. Street food. The smells. The, the passion. The amazing vibes that you can just feel there. If you imagine something like Blade Runner, it's, it's practically that. There was music playing in, in, in the background. I remember hearing some, some kind of song singing about Danton Bori. And I could see the takoyaki being made and takoyaki is basically it's a, it's a dough ball with a filling. Um, I think, I believe it's like a cream cheese filling or something. I never actually really learned. However, it's got octopus inside it. And these octopus balls are basically, if you imagine, a, a, like, a, like a globe shape. Um, they're fried in this weird kind of half-sphere shaped object. And they're constantly turned so they're like basically balls and they're constantly turned and they slowly heat up and slowly cook and to to get a some well to get some um, takoyaki you had to you had to buy it with a ticket machine so you, you put your money in I think this was about 500 yen um, put your money in and it gives you like a little ticket and you hand it back to the chef and the chef nods and starts to make your takoyaki so you can have things like um just plain takoyaki with bento fish flakes on top and uh, like a sauce or you can have spring onion on it or you can have mayonnaise on it and it's so cheap it's so easy it's so filling and it's so It's just so tasty. That was my first taste of of Japan. Truly. Now prior to that, I spent my first spent my first morning. So this was the next morning. Um, so my day two in Japan, I landed yesterday, um, and I decided to to go to <laughs> to go to some place called Seven Eleven. Now I never heard of Seven Eleven. 7 7-11. I had no idea what the hype around it was. Um, I don't really know about Japanese convenience stores. Where I live, I live in, in a small village in the United Kingdom. So I'm used to things being shut at 6pm, 7pm, for example. But this thing was 24 hours. And that, that alone baffled me you know, being a country boy going into a city is a, it's a weird experience, especially a foreign city. I remember walking into Family Mart and just being amazed by the amount of food on offer. There was fresh sushi, bento boxes, like full, full meals, Um, a massive range of energy drinks, which looks like they, you know, they, they look like medical, (laughs) like medical jars, but full of full of energy drinks, sandwiches, you know, anything from cheese to even um, cream and strawberry sandwiches, as, as bizarre as that sounds, ramen, um, even stuff like, and I didn't understand what this was at the time, and I still don't know the true name of it, however, there was They were essentially rice triangles. So if you imagine sticky rice and there being a triangle or, uh, well, essentially it was a triangle, but there was seaweed wrapped around it, so dried seaweed, and it had a filling inside the sticky rice. So it could be anything from smoked salmon to um, pickled plum to... Uh, cod row to beef, there's a massive massive variation so so I brought one of them, I, I had no idea what this was, so I picked it up and I, I looked at it, I observed it, I had, I had no idea what I was really looking at so I picked that up, I picked up some UFO yakisoba ramen and something called Mount Rainier Coffee. Now, I'll get to the coffee in probably another podcast episode, but that was one of my favourite things about Japan. So, in my my broken broken Japanese, I, I probably knew about five words at this point, so I just said arigato. Um, so I thanked the guy, You know, he, he bowed to me, and I was like, what? This is really strange. Like, why do why do people bow? And you know, I I knew a bit about Japan, um, but until you experience the culture, you can't really you can't really get a true vibe for for the, the you know just amazing warm warm people that they are. So there I was with my first breakfast in Japan. I turned on my TV in a hotel room and nhk world which is like a news channel came on and i remember just giggling to myself because they were just cooking something on tv and and there was pictures like little cartoon characters popping up and strange reaction screens Uh, so you watch the host react to the news and stuff in the corner of the in the corner of the screen and it was so bizarre but so fun and so fresh at the same time and this was about eight in the morning as i said the previous night i went to bed i went to bed very early and i remember sitting there on a chair overlooking the rivers in the saka and just being amazed just being absolutely amazed hundreds of people walking across the bridge at eight in the morning so rush out. They looked like little ants. And I just was amazed by how many people there were. And there was like, you know, a helicopter flying past. And life was so fresh, life was bustling, everything was so busy. And I was just sitting there, just doing nothing. Doing absolutely nothing at all. And that's what was beautiful about it. That's what was amazing about Osaka, about Kyoto, Hiroshima, Sendai, Tokyo just, I could just observe live whilst doing nothing. And that was, that was beautiful. But let's move on to the tips before going out to Japan. So instead of me just telling you stories about my Japanese trip, you can learn yourself and do some research and have your own pre-Japan experience. So many people ask me about my japan trip and they say they say luke obviously that's my name they say was it expensive i've heard that japan is super expensive you know everything's inflated in terms of the price and i said to him i say well no it's really not actually that expensive depending on what you're doing now I went for 2 weeks. I took around about 2000 um as in not 2000 pounds. No, I didn't. I'm lying. I went for 2 weeks and I took around about 600 pounds spending money. So that's English pounds. That's not that's not dollars. Uh sorry I got confused. 2 weeks and the 2000 pounds. Um I had to water down a lot of the stuff I did because that was when COVID hit. Um as in things were just being shut down in Japan because obviously Japan planned a lot better than the Western world. So I missed many things. I didn't go to the Osaka Aquarium. I couldn't go to see Battleship Yamato in in um uh, near Hiroshima and Kiro. I couldn't do quite a few things. However I still had a complete blast. Um, so one thing to highlight is I reckon you could probably go with about £600 spending money if you were to have about two weeks in Japan. Now, a lot of the times I didn't I didn't eat out of restaurants at all, maybe once or twice, and the whole time I was there. I just went to Family Mart to convenience stores, and I was pretty content with that. The food's high quality, so... Um I really didn't mind. You know, a lot of people want to have the full experience and that and that's fine. That's great. You know, they want to go to a sushi bar, they want to go to uh like a like a ramen joint and only go to those places and that's great, but the money racks up. You can eat let's say for breakfast, um I probably spent about, I don't know, four or five pounds on breakfast, maybe less. Um, As I mentioned, you can buy, like, the sushi triangles. Uh, Sorry, rice triangles. I can't remember what they're called. I'll have to to relearn that for the next podcast. But, yeah, I brought that, a coffee. Um, I brought ramen. So I brought a range of things. um, And I probably spent around about 500 yen. Probably a bit more, um, but either way, it was it was not. It's not a huge amount of money each each breakfast. For lunch, around about the same thing. Um, I brought a family chicken from Family Mart. Now, a family chicken is probably the best thing on earth. It's like having a decent KFC, but it's just one piece. Um, in most convenience stores, Family Mart, Lawson. I think Lawson do it. I know Seven Eleven do it as well. Um, they have. A hot section, so you can buy basically just a piece of greasy fried chicken. Um, so, breaded chicken, like southern fried chicken, for I don't know, about I think it's about maybe one pound, maybe two pounds, something like that. Stupidly cheap. Um, so, I'd buy that. I'd buy some ramen again for lunch. Um, and then I'd be kind of full. I would really buy crisps or potato chips because the crisps over there are bad. They're nothing like what we get in in England. Um, But yeah, so I just brought them. And then for dinner, I had a bento box. So it was literally just like a meal that they can put in a microwave for you. And then I had, again, some, I don't know, sushi or like a, a sticky rice triangle. I really didn't. I ate a lot, but I didn't eat a huge amount at the same time so in terms of spending money you could easily spend so you could easily live with 500 pounds as spending money 600 pounds something like that accommodation same thing don't waste your money in staying in accommodation every night it's like a hotel there's a place called nine hours and nine hours is um it is essentially like a spaceship pod So they're pods that you sleep in, um, and you pay maybe about £9, so I think that might be about maybe $12 a night. Uh, You stay in a little pod. There's a room full of pods, so there's random people in there as well. You have like a little blind that you pull down, Um, you're given like free earplugs, free slippers, towels, etc, etc, etc. Really nice showers. The only catch is that you have to basically check out every day. I believe it was by 10 p.m. Sorry, 10 10 p.m., 10 10 a.m., which meant you would have to essentially go and do something because they'd be cleaning your room, they'd be cleaning your pods, they'd be, you know, you'd have to take all your stuff as well. So you'd basically your pod would be being cleaned and then after they've done you can come back in um, but that got me doing things, it got me traveling around, and the only bad experiences I had with them, and I stayed in them quite a few times, um, was probably in Tokyo, when we had some really inconsiderate guests who were just noisy, they were talking in the pods, and it's like, come on man, like I'm trying to sleep, like go somewhere else, within the nine hours they do have like a like a common room and it's split up between girls and boys which it does make more sense because you know what's gonna happen uh if girls and boys are mixing so that that made more sense that was that was good. Um but yeah they're in they're in most major cities and I as I mentioned I probably spent about nine pound nine pounds a night. Um another tip that I'd like to add as well is go before golden week so golden week is basically like a celebration holiday in japan which is in april i went march the 1st to march the 15th um so that's spring i missed the sakura or cherry blossoms but it didn't it didn't really bother me um i had a i had a blast you can see the plum blossoms which come in before the sakura blossoms um and they're really beautiful as well but yeah so that's food covered that's accommodation covered um depending on where you land as well or where you want to explore so i went asaka kyoto hiroshima uh tokyo for like a day in sendai uh and then i had a day in kyuri as well um i probably didn't mention it but tokyo as well so yeah There is a range of things you can do. There's a range of places you can see. But if you were to land in Kansai in Osaka, or maybe you're going to land in Tokyo, um, depending on whatever you want to do, there's going to be more than enough things to see and do within that time. Um, You know, if you want to go to a fancy restaurant every day, do it. But maybe make a sacrifice somewhere else if you're on a budget. And don't go to some fancy sushi restaurant maybe go to family mart or go to lawson or Seven Eleven, like i did and that's a way of saving money just by eating eating cheaply there's a lot of shrines uh there's museums there's temples which are free you can go in for free um and go and explore certainly within kyoto there is a shrine everywhere and that's awesome because i I really related to that. um I remember nearly nine hours in Kyoto was my favorite shrine and favorite family mart. There was a tiny little shrine just sitting next to the family mart, and you could basically visit it when it was open um but it just was so it just was so peaceful and just relaxing there and and beautiful and that was the benefit of having convenience stores around Japan is you can just go whenever buy some food and sit you can even sit down in there there's free wi-fi um they have kettles which essentially you just have hot water boiling water constantly you don't even have to press the button it's just ready um seating areas you can charge your phone it's it's awesome so just a few tips there um book hostels eat at convenience stores and go to free places you can do a lot of things for free in japan that's the that's the benefit. But yeah, that was just a quick introduction. Well, a long introduction. I apologize to my Japanese trip. Um, in the next podcast, we will be looking into each city and what it can offer you. Now, I am want to go by my experience. Um, I'm not going to, you know, lie to you and say, oh, I went to this place when I didn't because that's not fair on you and it just makes me look stupid. So I'll be honest, if I've been to the place, I will highlight it. And I will tell you about what I liked, what I didn't. Dis- sorry, what I didn't like. So yeah, that is the end of the exploring with Bros podcast. I hope you enjoyed it. It's my first one. Um, I will be upgrading my equipment in the future, so it's a lot more high quality. But I'm just hoping this podcast can help, help inspire you to go to Japan. I have lots of stories, lots of amazing experiences, and. Um, just lots of truly breathtaking, breathtaking memories that I'd like to share with with everyone who listens to this podcast. So thank you if you listened for one minute and thank you if you listened for the whole thing. It means, it means the world to me. I'll see you guys in the next podcast. Take it easy, dream big. (laughs)